of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. everyone. Thank you for joining me on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones discussing worship, theology, and culture. And uh, every now and then I have ventured off into some other areas, arts and movies and um, sports even, things like that. So uh, uh, talking about things that are passionate uh, to me and that I think uh, usually will benefit the, uh, the church and will help us in our walk together. So uh, today I want to talk about something that a lot of people don't think about, but I have observed in my personal uh, ministry in my life. Um, I have been in vocational ministry now since 2002. And so here we are in 2018. Uh, uh, this, is my, this is my 17th year of vocational ministry. And um, God has blessed me and allowed me to see a lot of things, and one of the things I have observed, and, and, and I strongly believe, is that there is a correlation between a congregation's spirituality, or a local church's spirituality, and how they sing. Um, that may seem sort of superficial to some people. Uh, in other words, it, it may seem like, how can you judge um, a congregation or a church's spirituality just by the way they sing. And again, I am telling you this based on um, mostly um, personal experience. Singing in Judeo-Christian worship has been essential for, for centuries. Even before the church age, uh, the Israelites utilized singing as a proper mechanism by which to worship God. They sang. Uh, God's people sang. The Psalms were um, songs that they sang, and uh, the Psalms have often been referred to as the hymnal of Israel. Um, and it's certainly, as I've mentioned before, not the only element in corporate worship, but it is important nonetheless. And so as a worship leader, I've observed the worship practices of many congregations of God's people, many traditions. And so in my close workings within various church contexts, my observations have led me to conclude that a congregation's spirituality is strongly connected to how they sing. Now, which one causes the other? That's a discussion we can get into. Uh, but they are connected. And I'm not referring to the quality of singing. In other words, do they have good or bad singers? That's not what I'm talking about. But the general practice of congregational singing itself. In other words... Congregational singing is reflective of the church's spirituality. And so without grinding at the specifics of what constitutes spirituality, let, let's concern ourselves on this topic with the church's overall connection to God's heart and character. That's what I mean when I refer to spirituality. And um, said another way, singing indicates a church's general spiritual condition. Uh, it, again, indicates, not proves it is indicative, though, and I firmly believe that. So I have four thoughts that I want to give you that will further illustrate this notion. First thing is, godly people sing. Godly people sing. Um, if Even if you consider in your own personal experience, people who you have seen in churches that 
refuse to sing, or maybe they make excuses and say, that's just not me. I just don't sing. I don't have a good voice, whatever the excuse is. And and you probably are thinking of people in your mind right now that you know of that, that have been like that. Uh, generally, they're people who you would probably not point to as the most spiritually mature people. Um, and, and again, generalization, this is the rule, not the exception. There are exceptions. But I want to give you two key reasons why godly people sing. The first one is that it is a command. Like it or not, it is a biblical command to sing. Scripture is abounding with references to singing, usually in a commanding context. Uh, for example, the command to sing a new song to the Lord, Psalm, Psalm 149.1. Uh, or Paul's instructions to admonish one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs in Ephesians 5.19. The demanding nature of Scripture's ins- instructions to sing make it clear that singing is not optional for Christians. Um, and so in obedience to that command, godly people sing. Second thing I want to tell you about um, uh, why godly people sing is uh, it's, it's a simple question. How can I keep from singing. There's a well-known hymn that says, how can I keep from singing? And the question is posed as a rhetorical question uh, because those possessed by the love and joy of Christ cannot keep from singing. They cannot. Uh, A natural effect of a life satisfied fully in God and in his glory is singing. Consider the examples. Let me give you a few examples. Apostle Paul, Again, he instructs the Ephesians to sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. David, uh, he composed nearly half of the biblical songs, uh, biblical psalms, and and they were songs that Israel sang. Mary, who sang what we know of now as the Magnificat, to praise her Lord upon discovering her pregnancy with Jesus in Luke 1. Uh, and, And then biblical references such as the Song of Moses in Exodus 15. God's people sing, and after all that God has done for us, how can we keep from singing? These are vivid descriptions of of singing, um, and it points to overjoyed people of God who cannot help but sing God's praises. And so if if a church struggles to sing, if Christians struggle to sing, it could be indicative of a deeper underlying issue, uh, probably undeveloped or immature spirituality. And um, again, the rule, not the exception, but it certainly could be indicative of that. Godly people sing. Um, the other thing I would say uh, about a congregation's singing and their spirituality, uh, how it's linked together, is that uh, Bold singing indicates bold faith. Um, It points to people who are more concerned with God's glory than they are their own. Conversely, it it could be assumed that that timid singing indicates timid faith. Um, The more one's worth is found in God, the less one is concerned with their own appearance in corporate worship. In other words, the singing will be emboldened and empowered. Uh, in my own personal observations as a as a worship leader and my own personal experience, our singing is weakest when our faith is weakest. A congregation that sings boldly reveals a bold faith, whereas a congregation's weak faith and spirituality gives way to uh, probably a lack of singing. A third thought I have about this, about the link between singing and uh, spirituality, 
is that the songs and hymns a congregation sing, uh, a congregation sings, are their faith expressed? Um, so whatever music they choose to sing and worship, that's their faith of that local church expressed through music. Um, it, it says a lot about their spirituality, and I'm referring mostly to text, but certainly the musical nuances could uh, indicate a great deal as well. Um, but when a church sings, um, they represent their faith, and they express it audibly and concisely. And certainly there are many songs and hymns which uh, could be universal to the global church of God, but there are, however, certain texts uh, that relate to uh, congregations in unique ways and then become part of their story. Uh, you could probably point to different songs in your own personal life that relate to you, maybe in a different way than someone else. And so the textual theology expressed in a congregation's music is suggestive of what they believe and what they experience. And whether or not a people know it, congregational music reveals a church's personality. And so to that end, how a congregation sings and what they sing signifies their spiritual, uh, spirituality or their lack thereof. Uh, the last thought I have on this, on the link between congregational singing and spirituality, is that how a congregation sings, uh, how they sing together, signifies their unity. Uh, Tertullian would say this. He would say that the church is already perpetually unified. It's a perpetual fact. The church's job, then, is to exhibit the already achieved unity she possesses. Uh, of course, you know, a, a, a local church is singing, singing together transcends beyond the simple act of congregational singing. There's so much more to it. It's uh, deeper than just the act of singing. You can draw certain conclusions from observing what happens before and after a congregation sings together. In other words, is there complaining or grumbling among congregants in respect to the music? or other things for that matter. Even during the singing, do members appear to sing joyfully or begrudgingly? Uh, those of us that are worship leaders, we have observed people that just seem like they do not want to be there. And um, you want to throw a hymnal at those people, but they, uh, uh, they really seem like they don't want to be there. There's a difference. Uh, and it says a lot. It speaks volumes about someone's spirituality. So, these observations are suggestive of a deeper reality that perhaps even lo the, a local church doesn't even realize. And so irrespective of style, musical style, appearances of unity or disunity automatically exist in how a church sings together. A church that sings together well is like a is, is a spiritually uh, unified church, and they exhibit the unity of Christ. Again, as Tertullian said, you cannot achieve the unity of Christ. It's already been through, uh, been achieved through Christ. So our job is to exhibit it. And so a lot can be learned from observing how a congregation sings. It says a lot. Um, I would not say that singing is a surefire test of spirituality, but it certainly is a credible test. There, there could be many clues of a church's spirituality, and so um, you want to look at all of it, the whole picture, but assessing a congregation's spirituality based on their singing is certainly feasible. Um, it's a good indicator. It is indicative of so much that perhaps even the local church doesn't realize, and so worship 
Worship is formative for believers. The way someone worships is the way they're spiritually formed. As worship forms believers, um, so also would their singing be formed and advanced. Again, I'm not talking about quality here, but I'm talking about the practical act itself. How does the congregation sing together? Uh, a godly and spiritually mature congregation is a singing congregation. And those who have been changed and redeemed by God are effectively satisfied in Him and grow in satisfaction of Him, continually grow in satisfaction of Him. And so the response is, is singing with boldness, with vigor, and with unity that's already been achieved in Jesus Christ. And so spiritually deep churches are singing churches. And in, in that light then, and to that end, I will say that a church's spirituality is directly linked to their singing. A church's singing says a lot about their spirituality. Um, thoughts to ponder on. Um, again, this is more of a philosophical topic, not a, uh, a surefire way, but, but certainly I think indicative of a lot of uh, issues. Um, and so um, I, I like discussing these things and thinking about these things. Uh, if you have any thoughts, feel free to contact me. You can go to my website, jonathanjones.tv. There are several ways to contact me, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.